1: for free at LuckyLandsLots.com Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: I tell anyone who's listening to this that man's rejection is God's protection. Mm -hmm. Now, any place the gatekeepers are keeping me out, I'm going to take my gifts, my money, my time, my friends, my black ass somewhere else where that is appreciated. If you bring potato salad to somebody's house and nobody wants to eat it take your potato salad home and don't go back no more take it to the next party that's what i did i took my potato salad and i made a podcast with my friend indira <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we invite your apprehensive listeners
1: welcome to the afro existential podcast a play and podcast in one we're your host blaine sparks teamer and indira wilson and for the next 25 give or take minutes we ask you to take a moment
0: ladies and gentlemen
1: and think outside your box that's exactly what i mean hello everyone and welcome this is a special episode of the afro existential podcast where you'll get to meet your host blaine and indira (laughs) we've gotten a lot of listener interest about who we are and how we met. Let's talk about who we are, Blaine. Who are you?
0: What are you doing here? Who are you? What are you doing here? (laughs) Wow, that's really an Afro-existential question, isn't it? Who are you? You know what, ladies first. Well,
1: I am an actor and a writer. Blaine and I have been on and off producing partners for a variety of short films and projects, but that's basically who I am. That's all that I do. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. Good. What's your
0: favorite wine?
1: All of them. All wines.
0: And do not discriminate on color, region,
1: classification.
0: Or age or, age, or Certainly
1: not age. Because honey, the they they say the older the better, but I'll take it from twenty twenty. you know, cause you know, this wine is gonna have some real it's it's gonna be it's gonna age prematurely. All wine in twenty twenty, all these grapes are so stressed out. It's gonna right. taste like it was like it was uh made in the fifties. Right. This has been a tense, stressful year.
0: These are gonna be the grapes of wrath. That's what they should call the the a line of wine this year, the grapes of wrath.
1: <laughs> Ooh child, yes, old testament grapes. Like these exactly. are be the time. <laughs> Well, all that we have gone through. So Blaine, tell them a little bit more about you. Uh, I'll make
0: it brief. I am also a writer. Actually, someone said they weren't quite sure that I wrote the play.
1: So let's make that clear now. Blaine is the writer of Dead Weight.
0: A Journey in Afro-Existentialism. Oh, that's I that's that's am that's the, that's came up with the notion that's that's of Afro-Existentialism. Co-produced some projects with Indira. It doesn't always, it doesn't feel like co-producing. It feels like We're just having a party with a purpose, that we have parties with purposes. And out of those parties with purposes, great art and memories come out of them.
1: Yeah, it's like we get together and kind of say, oh, well, it's fun to have a drink. It's fun to talk and chat. We could be making something.
0: While we're doing that.
1: While we're doing that. Yeah. It seems like right. wasted time just sitting exactly. around <laughs> talking. Like this could be something. This could be a
0: movie. Write that down. And we always say write that down <laughs> and neither one of us writes anything down. No. Or we can't find or we can't find the notebook. <laughs> what research exactly? I wrote a book that I would love for people to check out if you enjoyed if you enjoyed the play and you're waiting on the next production. While you're waiting, Please check out my book that's available on Amazon. It's called Shady a Novel. And it is a lot of fun. And by the time It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Wanda Sykes said it was the funniest thing she's ever read. And she's a very funny woman. Every word is true. I swear.
1: So Wanda. Now that you have lots of power, this is Indira, baby. You know me. If you saw me in my face, you know exactly who I was. Now is the time, because we know you got power, Wanda. If you are listening, let's get Shady made, boo. Let's There's a made. screenplay.
0: Let's, let's get, get it
1: paid. Give, it, give me and Blaine five minutes. We'll have this bad boy produced within a month.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if we had $10,000, that's all we really need.
1: So and everybody to work on deferred pay. Like if we could get Angela Bassett for deferred payment.
0: <laughs> right. Everybody gets paid on the back end. Everybody. Everybody gets paid.
1: <laughs> but it's gonna be a lot of back-end money.
0: <laughs> you bring your own lunch. We're gonna do bring your own lunch. It's gonna be a pot lunch. Everybody bring a dish.
1: And and B Y O B. You know, bring your own booze. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Make it a wine tasting party.
1: Yes, but Blaine is an awesome bartender. We will he, he'll he'll hook it up it will be like you are at a party for 30 whole days. Actually, who am I kidding? Shady's would only take 10, 15 days to shoot. Like we do, like
0: we we should do that. (laughs) I don't get, I don't see it.
1: I don't know either. Oh, that would be great. Just a little deferred payment. it will be a whole party every day.
0: And what you didn't mention, and you know, we are really bad at promoting ourselves because what Indira didn't say was, that she directed oh. Dead Weight, and she's in it, but she forgets. She got so deep into character, she forgets that it's her. Do you really think you can get away with this madness?
1: I don't know what it is. I value so much the the producing of the, actually making the thing happen. Mm-hmm. So I like a view myself as a producer of the thing, because right. I or really good. value this. Yeah, and, and and a director, but that's part of like, I like directing because I really like, you know, I like getting the thing done and I like efficiency when that's time to get that right. thing done right? And, and that you can have fun and do it oh my as quickly God. as possible.
0: You made it such, honestly, you made it such a wonderful experience. You did a great job. You oh, made everyone feel so, so, so comfortable.
1: But when you have such wonderful actors, it's, it, it really makes it super easy. You know, they, right. they're all such lovely people. And We've all game, out all like day. they're all
0: game to kind all, of
1: just, yep. You know. Like I could work with them every single time. I love all of them. Oh, that I love nice.
0: all of them dearly. I just gush over them all the they're time. So nice.
1: Who were all those KJ people? Middlebrooks, Lachey Tomlinson Boyce, and the fabulous Sean Carter Peterson, and the fabulous David Frederick Sparks.
0: <laughs> and David Frederick Sparks, who is my husband.
1: Yes, and he's lovely. So let's talk a little bit about how we met. I met Blaine, I got lucky enough to be cast as, and I really say this, lucky enough to be cast as an understudy in a play that he wrote. Your your face is screwing up. You don't remember that. (laughs) I was not cast in the show. I was cast as the understudy to a wonderful play. Oh, you! Yeah. Yes.
0: yes, 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 yes. And you don't understudy for nobody.
1: And I don't understudy for <laughs> nobody. It is aggravating for me. So no, I, I really don't. I, I have never understudied in my life. I, I mean, I, you know, I... You were,
0: I mean, I not just, that you're not young now, but that was 20 years ago. So you were young. So you had just got off the bus. And even then you were like, I don't understudy for nobody.
1: But I felt so old. The way I used my time, it wasn't even a thing of like, I'm too fabulous to understudy. I just felt like, well, if you, you should be working harder then. You should be working harder to get parts where you speak. You know what I'm saying? You should be working. You should be working harder. But then also I had read the script and the entire reason that I took the job was because it was a one woman show. It's, almost 40 pages long, it's like 38 pages long, mm-hmm. of solid talking. Um, <laughs> solid talking. And the words were so delicious. It was such a wonderful piece. I took it solely to have the opportunity to learn all the words, even if I'd never done it, right. I was like, Oh, this will give me just an opportunity. To, be, to have an experience with this script. Oh, wow. It's awesome. It's wow. really awesome. It's fascinating.
0: It's, f- it's called Pandora's Trunk. Pandora's Trunk. So what happened was, I had a manager at the time, and we were trying to get, she was trying to get Shady Maid with Wanda Sykes. That's a story I should tell one day about what happened with that. But that's for a different day.
1: Hashtag Wanda Sykes on this one, brother.
0: Hashtag Wanda Sykes, because she does not know this story. This was mm-hmm. what was happening on the other side. So Wanda Sykes really wanted, was really trying to get Shady made. And she was with William Morris at the time. And I'll mm-hmm. leave it at that. So it didn't happen. <clears throat> so my manager at the time, I had said, oh, well, you know, I have this other thing that I wrote a long time ago. It's this, You know, it's this show called, this play called Pandora's Trunk." So she read it. She liked it. And there was a well-named actress who was cast as the lead. So that particular actress dropped out a week before tech. And so they had to find another named actress. And then so that then bumped you up to the second part. And I just fell in love with you instantly then. And I'm sure you didn't know that 20 years later, I would still be hanging around.
1: But that's how you feel. (laughs) I can only imagine. Blaine and I also produced a short film called True Grits, which I'm also But there was like a
0: long name to that. We just can't do short names of anything. Was it? It was like a faux faux cinema. It was like a faux cinema.
1: It's a faux cinema verite documentary. It's (laughs) something. We need to make sure we just want people to understand us. You know, it's not right. enough just to have a title. We need understanding. We need understanding. So you have to. We have to put a colon behind all the titles, and then you get an idea of what it is. So you come. Right.
0: Right. You want to see a really fine We're very really title. trying to break new ground with everything.
1: We should put that up for people to see. We're gonna let you guys know if we can get all the clearances <laughs> for to 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 re-show this because we can show ours. It was a three-part series. It was very interesting.
0: It was very, it was very ambitious and interesting and fun.
1: It's dope. Like it's really, really dope. I don't I'm think anybody you, would care
0: had, if we had twenty-five dollars for that project. It would have won the cons. Short Corner Festival, $25 That's right. is all we, need.
1: we got in the con. And you know, when I look back on that, I'm like, who was I that I did not do a GoFundMe page? I don't think that. There
0: wasn't a GoFundMe.
1: Well, family passed the plate. To go, I was so poor. We were so broke. How did we not go to con? <laughs> did we just think we were going to get in every year? What's wrong with us? One person from the the piece went and and clearly had a fabulous time. And as he is
0: that was Sean. He plays Oliver in Deadweight. Yes. and so he submitted it to Con. Mm-hmm. The short it's called the Con Short Corner Film Festival.
1: That's called True Grits, uh, True Grits. a close to verite documentary or something. We'll have to see if we can. We'll put that
0: up. It's on our website in some capacity. I think I had just graduated from graduate school, and so. wait, tell
1: them what you have your, yeah, I was gonna say, tell them what you have your degree in.
0: So, I went to Penn State University and I was an English major, and then I got my master's degree in psychology at Antioch, but my emphasis was on community psychology. I don't understand. Community psychology studies the individual's context within communities and the wider society and the relationships of the individual to communities and society. I used those theories as it related to trying to make the True Grits project. And it was really a thing of looking at people who had talent and pooling our resources to create something. Mm -hmm. And then based upon what we created, to use those themes in the short film, which was about infidelity, to have real-life conversations with people about cheating and whether they've been cheated on. And that was really fascinating because the filmmakers that were involved in it, there were three of us, and they were in different locations and they interviewed people and asked them all the same questions about cheating. And so the responses were so, they were really amazing because it, it was never what you expected the responses to be. So I say that to say, I think I filter so much of what I create. It's really kind of fusing my English background and the psychology background to kind of inform the work that I do. So that then leads us to this project.
1: And just to say, I always find that your work is so insightful and that's, probably why, like it taps into a, a different level for me that because it's always so funny, you know, but mm-hmm. everything has a meaning. Mm-hmm. And by the end of anything you've read or that I've read or seen of yours, I am left with a bigger emotional impact than I think mm-hmm. one would assume from something that's clearly so irreverent. Right. You know, right. you are you're able to really play with your the satire of things in a different right. type of a way. And right. then I also love because I think that's been a lot of the work that we've done together. Now that you said that, I totally forgot about the documentary after True Grit.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> which was the whole thing
0: Which was the whole thing. Or,
1: which was the whole thing of talking to everybody and then incorporating Antonio Antonio
0: was one of my school cohorts and a good friend of mine. And he was the therapist that kind of grounded after everyone kind of talked about their experiences around infidelity, he would then kind of break down, this is what's actually happening from a therapeutic point of view. Mm -hmm. And so what we were trying to do was, you know, he's African-American as well. And so really kind of introducing people to therapy in a way that Mm -hmm. made it very kind of accessible. And
1: you know. he was very good at speaking into intellectually, but very layman at the same time. Mm-hmm. Very good at that when I think about how well he ties that. This is what this is, and this is what it means to you. Right. You know, very, very concisely, too. He's very good at that.
0: Yes. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh.
1: So then when it came to making this project, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I have been trying to, I love podcasts and I listen to podcasts all the time. I had an hour and a half drive to and from work every day and I listen to podcasts constantly and I wanted to have a damn podcast. (laughs) I think you and I have been trying to work together the last few years on different stuff, but you know, between jobs and all that stuff I haven't been able right. to do anything and I was trying to think it had to be a podcast that was doable and worthwhile that was the thing right. I didn't want to sit around and just talk about picking my butt you know <laughs> it's like or celebrities which I could talk about infinitely <laughs> infinitely I didn't wanted to do that and I've been trying to come up with a good po- podcast 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 and then I don't know if I had spoken to you or no. I think I reread Dead Weight one day Mm -hmm. and it just was so good. And I was sitting around thinking like, you know, my big thing about you is like you cannot be one of those people that in 50 years they come back and find your stuff and they go, he was the greatest playwright, you know, of the 21st century. Because he is one of those, when you read all of his writing, it doesn't seem possible (laughs) that he's not the most well known. Playwright, of all, it doesn't seem possible. It's just crazy. I I just was like, what would be, what would be worthwhile? Right. And I was like, dead weight. You know, right. I I could immediately hear how producible it was. You know, mm-hmm. just how interesting it was, and that also, it's in the words. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That that's what mm-hmm. I don't think people get. Like it's in the it's in the words. right? It's in the language that right. is so, so interesting to me.
0: Right.
1: I love the idea. I'd heard of Afro-existentialism. We've been talking about this for a very long time. Right. And I just love the idea of Afro-existentialism right. forever and a day because we are both, we are rabbit Afro-existentialism. Yes. <laughs> like we live our whole lives by Afro-existentialism we're very similar in that way we are trying to solve problems and we are not held back by any of societies Yeah, we want what we want and we're gonna get it strategically as hell we're gonna do what we gotta <laughs> do so i called blaine and i was like okay i need you to just bear with me and i pitched the the podcast idea and he was like oh i'm in on it
0: well no what happened was they did it they did a reading in new york Earlier and last so, year, like
1: February, right? Yeah, they had
0: done it earlier. And I said, which is what which is what the situation was was with True Grits. There was a filmmaker, she called me up in the middle of the night and she said, I'm in this competition where you have to make a film in twenty-four hours. I'm asking anybody who has a script to give me scripts. I'm gonna pick on one and we're gonna start making it at twelve o'clock. That was Hanifa Walida. <laughs> uh, Walida. It was amazing. <laughs> and so she made it in twenty four hours. Did you ever
1: see Hanifa's? Yeah, of
0: course. I don't
1: remember because I love Hanifa. I forgot how that's how we knew Hanifa.
0: So I said, "Andira, Sean, my friend is doing this. She made a film in 24 hours. We can do the same thing. Ours (laughs) took six months or like a year. (laughs) It wasn't that long. It took longer than 24 hours. We
1: shot it though fast.
0: We did. We just kept on building it though. It really only should have taken. We just kept on building on it. And we kept on making it, adding more and adding more and adding more. We... You know, we did the narrative and then we added on the documentary piece and
1: Oh yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, but the right. actual three part because what it is, it's one script interpreted by three different directors. Filmmakers. Right. Yeah. Directors, totally filmmakers. Ways.
0: So everyone totally. was able to interpret it the way they wanted to. So there was comedy,
1: a drama. There was, there was one into Tagalog. And there was
0: one into Tagalog.
1: Fabulous. Which directed Tanya by Tanya. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. It is dope. I'm sorry. That's one of the dopest things I've ever seen. And I forgot quick. about that.
0: It was in a different. It was a foreign film. That was it. It was a foreign film. It was kind of like this Tyler Perry-ish comedy, and then there was like a black comedy, a very dark, sinister, like Basic Instinct version of it. But it was all the same script. That's oh, it. it
1: was so cool. And what's amazing is you can watch it, and when you get to the next one, for some reason. You just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and by the time it gets to Tagalog, and they are, and t- to the black and white one, they don't speak a word of English. It is freaking hilarious by the time it gets to that. Because they are so serious. They were so good. You don't even need to know that. You don't need to know a word of English. Right. By the time At that you point, you, know,
0: you have an idea, right? Let's go.
1: <laughs> Woo-wee. I got to find it. I'm going to need you. To, I need to see it. I need to
0: see that it right is now. hilarious. It's hilarious. So they were they were doing a reading of it for a podcast in New York. And I said, Indira, oh my gosh, they're doing these plays as podcasts. Why can't we do that? And you didn't say anything at the time. And then so time <sighs> went by. So then when you did contact me, you were like, oh, let's do it. I was like, okay, let's go. I'm ready. What do we got to do?
1: Okay, let's <laughs> right now. Because right. I think that I was thinking of the one in, at first we were going to try to do, I think we had been talking about doing a similar thing that they were doing in New York. And that was a lot of work. Right,
0: <laughs> Which stopped us in our tracks.
1: <laughs> I always got to think about what can I actually accomplish? It took me almost a year to figure out, oh, I can accomplish this. Because all right. I need is a day and I in think a, once a recording I studio. Said it,
0: once I said it, and then I looked into what they were actually doing, I was like, oh, I can't. I can't energy. Do that.
1: Neither I, of us have the energy.
0: Yeah. The, uh, and so when you came back, it was really just kind of that one off of let's just record it. I think that's all you said was like let's just record it. And I don't even know did you did you have in mind that it was going to be some type of podcast?
1: Yeah, I, but the podcast of it, and I wanted to talk about the show and interview the people. Okay. But I mean now now that I think about it, that's just from the True Grits post movie days you know that's just a similar that that nature of talking about the themes of it
0: right you know right, right.
1: Right. i think i was thinking a lot about antonio at the time but i wanted to be able to have something where we spoke so there was but we just but but, but then we worked on it and figured out how we would do it we're still working on it and
0: figuring out how to do it
1: it yeah i I think it also stems that blaine and i talk a lot about say in, in in all the years and thinking about as he's been working to get his plays produced and understanding how to do that and sending the plays out, that it's, uh, the one term always comes up the gatekeepers. Who are you? What are you doing here? Who are you? What are you doing here? Who are where you? The
0: information should move past them through the information gate to the groups or individuals beyond, and what information should not. Gatekeepers control information flow to an entire social system.
1: Who are you? What are you doing here? Who are you? What are you doing here?
0: In theater, the artistic directors, even more than the funders and policy makers, could be perceived as the traditional gatekeepers to the public stage. Those in these power positions are instrumental in the positioning and progression of art.
1: And I think that is what we've been tried to, trying to, I don't to say overcome, surpass, ignore, I don't know, right now, <laughs> you know figure, figure out, out, strategize to get around, like what is
0: the... Formula, what's the code, how do you do it, like what do you have to, to do? I believe, this is what I believe, is that... As an African-American writer, there's a certain narrative that you present to certain gatekeepers that they understand. So there's a certain, you know, there's certain tropes. And if you create something that is outside of that, they have no reference point. They don't understand it. And so if people don't understand it, it never comes from a point of, asking me questions or having a discussion about it. I always comedy as a tool to kind of bring people in to the story. And, and then once you're in there, it's like, I don't, I'm not there just to be silly. I'm really there trying to be as honest and connect with people. What this podcast has allowed me to do for the first time is to talk and give an explanation of what these themes and what these things are about. Because I really usually just want people to experience it and get their own experience out, but that has not worked for me because (laughs) people don't, (laughs) the gatekeepers don't know what I'm doing. Where do you get your ideas?
1: I don't understand.
0: That's what led us, or me at least, being excited about being able to produce my work and present it in the way that is meant to be presented feels so freeing, freeing. and not mm-hmm. to really be attached to the outcome of a whole bunch of people listening to it. But I think you had said during the process of, you know, it will find its audience and there will be people who will understand it or connect with it. And mm-hmm. so that is what this has been about for me to be able to put my work out in a way that I feel represents what it actually is and I think what's great about you is that you get my sensibility but I also want to get it to where you want it to be which is wonderful Where people will people connect with my work but they never really say what they're connecting with mm. and so they're then basing all of it based upon that one connection that they have and they're not really interested, for some reason, because I'm not dead yet, they're never interested in having a conversation with me about what that's about. You know, and, I
1: mean, you- in, in all fairness, I think all of these different art forms see themselves separately. You know, and for so long, mm. writers, I mean, I've been in so many acting classes where they're like, ignore the stage directions. People will take your work, which you have Try to work and be balanced about and that it all has meaning and that it's meant to be like you're saying it's meant to be a a, it's meant to be a full piece but they people key in on one thing and then they just sort of focus it and push it through and 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 to you it must sometimes feel like meh you know this could have been so you missed the now the this whole ending doesn't even Right. How did this make sense to you now right. that you've met that a whole bit apart? part?
0: Is, is the assumption is is that there's something wrong with the writing? There's something I that do. I didn't do.
1: But I want to go back a step, just it, it, back to the point about gatekeepers. I just want to make a point of saying, yes, we both. So people don't, you know, add us on Twitter or comment in the comments on Apple. We understand that art is subjective.
0: Yes, like, of course.
1: And so we understand that artistic directors also have audiences they need to please. You know what I'm saying? We understand all that. This is more a conversation to understand how we decided to be proactive and strategic and address our problems based off of how we are receiving information about the pieces. Correct. You know? Correct. And the gatekeepers that we we are meeting, you know? In regards to our art and that we didn't want to stand back anymore and just say oh wait around and we know that there are a lot of artists out there and I think that was the other thing that really started to motivate us and has been motivating us is that you know we're not the only artists out there who are creating their own work you know and we didn't want to be we wanted to do it unabashedly as well
0: and I really say all this because I'm on the other side of it I tell myself And I tell anyone who's listening to this that man's rejection is God's protection. So my thing is now, any place the gatekeepers are keeping me out, I'm going to take my gifts, my money, my time, my friends, somewhere else where that is appreciated. Or just stay home. I ain't got to be everywhere. That's what I'm doing. I'm staying home doing a podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And a pandemic.
0: And a pandemic. And, you know, Just do it and do the best that you can. Just create and you'll find your audience and you know nurture that audience, you know. And so I really want all my tests to be my testimony. Can I get an Amen now? I'm in church.
1: Amen. Amen. Woohoo. Yes.
0: Your test be your testimony. These are your gifts, so share them. And you know, if you bring, you know potato salad to somebody's house and nobody wants to eat it, take your potato salad home and don't go back no more. Take it to the next party. <laughs> That's what I did. I took my potato salad and I made a podcast with my friend Indira. Uh,
1: yes. Oh. Uh, well, this has been fun. And we hope that you will continue to join us. And um, we are starting a new journey with the Broadway Podcast Network. And we hope that you will listen to the play think outside your box in terms of the themes and the ideas that we're expressing during the podcast, but most importantly, sharing this with your family and friends.
0: Yes. Yes. Cause all the things it's about family. And I always say, I'm sure there are characters in this that you recognize, and this could be a great springboard for other conversations for you to have. Oh, you know what? We should think... Yes, it must be done. And it must be done more than once. There have been some people who have been such fantastic listeners and fans.
1: Yes, Cindy Lee.
0: Gil. Reggie.
1: Nika Williams. Nika King.
0: Diana. The Spark Sisters. Gloria and Sharon. I cannot do it without you.
1: If you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Afro X—that's E X podcast. Well, this has been a fun episode, guys, and thank you so much for joining us again for the Afro Existential Podcast.
0: Have a great day on purpose. And it's head's funny.
1: Be remiss in this remarkable historical time, not to give a shout out to the new vice presidential candidate, Kamala Harris.
0: She is the first woman of color to be a vice presidential candidate on a major party ticket. Harris Biden 2020. Woohoo!
1: Woohoo! Check
0: out our episode on Monday when we do a special African Central Podcast on voting.
1: Hashtag K High. Hashtag Uh, K-hive.
0: Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of Maestro Music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work,